Good morning, everybody. This is indeed the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. Tuskri from radio streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org. Also on demand on iHeartRadio, wherever you may be, however you may be listening to this program. Thank you for making this show part of your day. Wednesday morning, July 28th. 2021 it's been nearly four months since i blasted the program here for 91.5 fm wmfo in medford but i figured that it's time to make a comeback and i couldn't be more excited i couldn't be more thrilled to be back with you this morning doing this program for the very station that i started my radio broadcasting career with it's a tremendous morning and a tremendous occasion so we're going to have a jam-packed program talking about the Red Sox. I'm going to talk some Patriots as well as training camp is here. We got a lot to talk about, a lot to look forward to in terms of the 2021 Patriots season. But for now, if you want to leave a voice message for me, leave it at 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636. So first segment, we're going to talk about the 2021 Red Sox because the last time I did the program, baseball season hadn't officially started just yet. And we had no idea what the Red Sox were going to be. In fact, I expected this Red Sox team to not even be a contender at the beginning of this season. If you're a Red Sox fan and you're saying that, well, I know back in March this team was going to be special, you're kidding yourself. You're absolutely kidding yourself. Why? Because let's rewind the clock back to March, mid-March specifically. Mid-March, the conversation around the Boston Red Sox was, how are they going to do with Alex Cora coming back after being suspended for a year in his role in the Houston Astros cheating scandal? That's number one. Number two, what will the pitching rotation look like and how will it fare in the American League East, considering that you basically started the season with Nick Pavetta. You also started with Tanner Howick, Garrett Richards, Martin Perez, Nathan Eovaldi. And Eduardo Rodriguez, remember, Eduardo Rodriguez was still making his way back, especially after the dead arm that he experienced back on March 22nd. But that was then. This is now. If you're a Red Sox fan waking up this morning and you're listening to this program, you've got to be thinking, how did you end up in this position? How did you find yourself with the best record in the American League and in contention, in serious contention, to win the World Series until 2021. And if you told me back in March that the Red Sox were going to find themselves in this position on the morning of July 28th, just two days before the trade deadline, I would have called you a liar. I would honestly have called you a liar because no one saw this coming. Not even the baseball pundits nationally from ESPN or or MLB Network or Fox Sports. No one saw this coming from the 2021 Red Sox. And I'll be the first to tell you that even as the most arduous of baseball fans, I didn't see this coming. 
But here they are in the midst of a dogfight with the Tampa Bay Rays in the American League East battling for the AL East crown. What remains to be seen is what Bloom will do at the trade deadline. Will he add pieces? Will he bolster this roster that already has looked really good in what has been at least 60% of the season that's been played so far? I find it to be amazing that when you look at what the Red Sox have been able to do, there's a few factors that you have to take into consideration with this. First and foremost, the return of Alice Cora. If you go back to the spring, I'm talking about Gus, go back to April during spring training. One of the things that I believed was that Alex Cora returning was going to have an impact on this ball club, especially for its Latin players. And the results have been absolutely undeniable. Go look at Rafael Devers. Alexander Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, and the catcher, Kristen Vasquez, Kike Hernandez, who actually, believe it or not, I think he might very well be the MVP of the Red Sox this season. Allow me to explain why. If you think about where this team was in May, late May and early June, one of the glaring holes that I believe that the Red Sox had was they did not have a leadoff hitter. They didn't have an answer as to who was going to be the consistent leadoff hitter. And enter Kiki Hernandez. And ever since that day, and ever since Alex Cora penciled him in, in the leadoff spot, the Red Sox have taken off offensively. They have looked like a well-balanced offensive attacking team. That just absolutely is relentless. And I'll be the first to tell you that if you really think about it, this team is starting to give me 2018 vibes all over again. And even though, even though I openly admit and people know on social media that I am I am a I am a Yankee fan, but I'm not talking as a Yankee fan this morning. I'm talking as an unbiased baseball fan who sees what this team has been able to do so far and as well as where this team could potentially be going. The only question that I do really have for the Boston Red Sox as it currently stands, what are they going to do to address the first base situation? Because Bobby Dahlbeck is not the answer. If this team... And I believe that this team does have World Series aspirations. Dahlbeck is not your answer. And the name that keeps popping in my mind is Anthony Rizzo of the Chicago Cubs. I get it. Rizzo was drafted by the Red Sox originally. Came up in the Red Sox farm system before he was traded. He was traded to San Diego before he was shipped off to Chicago. We all know about Rizzo's story, surviving cancer, as well as what he's been able to do throughout his career. 30 home run hitter, a guy that adds another premium bat to his Red Sox lineup and already is a gold glover as well. One of the best defensive first basemen in the National League. If you're Time Bloom, if you're Red Sox management, 
There is one question that you should be asking. Who do you go after to address the first base situation? But that was the only glaring weakness that this team has had all season long that they have they have yet to have found a, an answer, a viable answer within house. With that being said, I do think that the Red Sox should in fact be buyers come the trade deadline. There's no question. You're the best team in the American League. You're in a dogfight with the Tampa Bay Rays that's not going away. And keep in mind, the Tampa Bay Rays were just in the World Series last October. So if, in fact, the Red Sox are to meet the Tampa Bay Rays in October, it's going to be an epic battle. Because those two teams are very evenly matched. And Oh, by the way, the same Tampa Bay Rays team I'm talking about just acquired Nelson Cruz. So the Red Sox, even though they have maintained first place by and large part for most of the season... This is a team that do have question marks. Pitching. Do you think that this rotation is going to be strong enough to continue pitching well or above what was expected going into October? That's going to be a major question. Martin Perez, he hasn't looked right. In fact, his start against the Yankees, not impressive. Nathan Yovaldi has continued to pitch well. Tana Howard, you got question marks with. Nick Pavetta, you got question marks with. Garrett Richards, you don't know what you're going to get. So with that being said, also, keep in mind, Erod, Eduardo Rodriguez. He's going to be absolutely important. Also, I have to mention this as well. With the return of Chris Sale, if you can get anything out of Chris Sale as well, he is going to be absolutely huge. The importance of Chris Sale to this Red Sox rotation cannot be overstated. However, if we're being honest, although Chris Sale has looked dominant in his minor league assignments so far with Portland and as well as with Worcester, we don't know what you're going to get from Chris Sale. Is he going to be able to continue to maintain his level of dominance in his rehab performance? That remains to be seen. But I will tell you something. His fastball was back. He's back to throwing 97 miles per hour. And his breaking stuff, his slider, and his changeup, ooh-wee. It is as if he never lost touch. It's absolutely amazing to watch. He's still got his overpowering stuff. So the stuff-wise I'm not necessarily concerned about is can he go deep into games? Because let's be honest, the Red Sox, they're going to want to use him as a starter, yes, he has experience being used out of the bullpen. Going back to 2018, if you all remember, the 2018 World Series. It was Chris Sale, after all, who got the final out of the 2018 World Series. So he has experience pitching out of the bullpen, but he is better used as a starter, and especially for a team that has championship aspirations, I'd hope, he is as if he's going to be a midseason or a trade deadline acquisition. But the Red Sox do have question marks. As I mentioned, first base and in a rotation, when Chris Sale returns, how is he going to fare? Is he going to be pitching out of the bullpen to start, or is he going to be pitching as, as a starter? 
that's going to be something that I'm going to be keeping an eye out for, especially in the coming weeks ahead. Because we're about to hit the dog days of August, and I'll be the first to tell you, (laughs) man, this pennant race is going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a dogfight, and I wholeheartedly believe that the Red Sox are well-positioned to make moves and make decisions that's going to help this team this year while continuing to build. I get that Heim Bloom has done a tremendous job so far with this team in 2021. However, it would be disappointing to Red Sox fans if he does nothing to improve the roster for the stretch run that is to come in August, and especially when you're playing meaningful games in September and hopefully in October. But the part that I want to circle back to to earlier this segment is if we went back to the last show that I did for 91.5 FM WMFO back in March, if you told me that the Red Sox were going to be in this position, I wouldn't have believed you. I would not have believed you. The tenacity that the Red Sox had best exhibited in Sunday's comeback win over the New York Yankees. Seven no-hit innings from Domingo Herman. He leaves. He gets taken out after pitching seven innings. He, he pitched the first batter of the eighth inning. Gives up the leadoff double. And the Red Sox scored five unanswered runs in the eighth to win the game. And what has been dubbed the game of the year. So this Red Sox team, I will admit, I will 100% admit, this team is giving me 2018 vibes all over again. But as I mentioned in this segment already, the number one move that they should do, put together a package and go out and acquire Anthony Rizzo. See, a year ago, The Red Sox didn't even have the farm system to make such a move. But now, I think they have the pieces. In fact, if you are going to put together a a package for the Chicago Cubs to say, hey, we're interested in acquiring Anthony Rizzo, this is what we have. Include Jeter Downs. You just drafted a new shortstop recently in the MLB draft. And this kid has an opportunity to be something special. But include Jeter Downs in that package. And whatever other Major League Ready talent that you may have available. But I do think that the Red Sox time to win is both now and in the future based on what they've done this season. And this is not a crapshoot of a season. This is a team that has shown over the course of... 100 games that this team is for real. And I think it's time for the Boston Red Sox organization to reward them with a major acquisition that's going to help them come the fall. Coming up next, I'm going to talk about the 2021 New England Patriots. My thoughts on them as training camp officially begins. All of that plus much more on the return of the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. This is Shukri Wright. You're listening to 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. Touch me from radio streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app, globally on WMFO.org, on demand on iHeartRadio.
Can you tell if the surfaces in this kitchen are crawling with bacteria that could cause chronic arthritis? Listen. Can't, can you? You can't see it either. Wash surfaces, utensils, and hands frequently with soapy water while preparing food, especially when handling raw meats or eggs. Raw food may contain bacteria that can make you very sick or worse. One in six Americans will get sick from food poisoning this year, and roughly 3,000 will die. But you can keep your family safer by cleaning with soap and water as you go. Learn more about this and other important information. Check your steps at foodsafety.gov. That's foodsafety.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. This is the city where danger lurks. Today, a new creature walks among us, causing fear, mayhem, and injury. Stay back, children. Mommy, I'm scared. Look out for the dreaded digital deadwalkers. They're not looking out for you. With faces pressed against their little handheld devices, they put all good citizens in harm's way. Hey, pal. Pardon you. The digital deadwalkers are multiplying. Until their behavior patterns can be modified, the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons warns all innocent people to stay alert. Better yet, to step up and speak out. Oh, hey, dude, I'm walking here. Oh, I, sorry, I didn't see you. A public service message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons, who want to keep everyone well-connected with healthy bones. Chris, can you put the video game controller down for a second? I can talk and play. Oh, I'm totally annihilating this punk kid in Nebraska. I just feel like you're not acting like a grown-up in our relationship. M2, M2! Well, you know, you still ride your skateboard to work, there's the comic book collection, the race car bed. Look, I'm young at heart, but I put money to my 401k every paycheck. I picked up a few savings tips at feedthepig.org. I have control over my financial life now, and that feels pretty grown up. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. For free ideas and easy tips on ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. So, I bet I look like a grown up to you now. Well, except for the footy pajamas, I'd have to agree. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM WMFO 
in Medford Tushree from radio streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org. On this first day of the 2021 Patriots training camp, how do you feel this morning, Patriots Nation? Huh? Give me a shout out on Twitter at Shukri Writes, at S H U K R I W R I G H T S, S H U K R I W R I G H T S. Follow me there on Twitter. By the way, don't do it while you're driving, especially if you're driving to work this morning and you're listening to this program and you're like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, don't, don't, don't go on social media while driving, please. I want you all, I want all of you to be safe. With that being said, once you're at a safe location, follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram at SWRightsRadio underscore, excuse me, at SWRIGCS. R-A-D-I-O underscore. That's how you can follow me on social media. And we're going to spend this next segment talking about the one and only New England Patriots. Day one of training camp. How are you feeling? Well, let me tell you how I'm feeling. I'm feeling excited. And I'm feeling quite unsure of what to make of this team. To put it into simple terms and the best way that I know how, I feel excited, but I feel concerned. I feel excited because Bill Belichick went out and made moves that needed to be made, especially addressing areas of the offense that needed to be addressed. I feel concerned because the Patriots at quarterback have a massive question mark at that position. And as much as we talk about the defense, as much as we talk about what the defense is going to look like this season with the return of Cal Van Noya linebacker, Matt Judon with the offseason addition as a pretty good defensive lineman, and as well as Dante Hightower coming back after taking 2020 off to opt out of the season. How will this defense fare? But really, my biggest question is, is not what the defense. I think the defense will be fine, but... But, but, there is an elephant in the room. And what is that elephant? Stephon Gilmore, his contract situation. And this morning, the Patriots still, as of yet, to have come to some sort of an agreement with Stephon Gilmore on a new contract and... I do wholeheartedly believe that Gilmore is the glue to the secondary. And the fact that Gilmore knows that he has the leverage in this particular situation does not bode well for Bill Belichick's ego. It doesn't. Think about some of the key names that he's let go of due to contract disputes. Lawyer Malloy, Richard Seymour, 
Remember how things ended with Ty Law here? This is not the first time that something like this has happened. Which is part of the reason why I believe that if you are the Patriots this morning, and if you are a Patriots fan this morning, I think the number one emotion that you should feel on the morning of the first day of training camp is excited with an air of caution. Let's go with that. Excited with an air of caution. Why? Because anytime you are entering the first day of something new, and in this case, new start to a new season of training camp, we have a full state of of uh, preseason games, and then you have 17 games in 18 weeks of the new schedule for the 2021 NFL season and as well as the new regular season format moving forward, you're going to have questions. You're going to have uncertainties. You're going to have points of wonder, like I'm wondering this or I'm wondering that. And that's completely normal. That's completely understandable. But if we're going to be completely honest, let's be honest. The Patriots, they have question marks. Let's start with the defense. Pass rush. How do you feel about the Patriots defensively, especially in the pass rush? As I mentioned, Dante Hightower, getting him back this year is huge. The return of Kyle Van Noy is huge. Matt Judon, the free agent acquisition is going to be important. But are the Patriots going to rely on Hightower, Van Noy, and Judon to get off the field on third down? That's a major question because, one, you don't want to have to rely on your veterans to do the job to help the defense get off the field because we've seen what happens when veteran defenses get worn down, especially the longer the game progresses. This doesn't bode well, especially when you need a big stop come the third quarter, fourth quarter, or in tight ball games, and you're not able to get those big stops. That's one question that I do wonder. This is where younger guys like Josh Uche, Chase Winovich, and Ronnie Perkins come into play. This is why I wholeheartedly believe that if you, if this defense were to make any strides on run defense... It'll be null and void if they cannot generate the kind of pass rush that they need to generate on third down that they absolutely struggled with in 2020. I think it's going to be absolutely paramount. And then also, one of the things that I do wonder is, and I talked about Uche, and I talked about Winovich, and I talked about Perkins. Can the youth make a push on defense? And I do look at guys like Christian Barmore, who, by the way, I wholeheartedly believe, and this is a hot take here, Barmore is going to be the best defensive lineman for the Patriots in 2021. Mark my words right now, on July 28th. Christian Barmore is going to be the best defensive lineman. He is the kind of interior lineman that the Patriots have lacked for years We're talking about a big interior lineman, a nose tackle that is not afraid to push the tackles around on the inside and and break into those gaps and stop the running back and make big plays on run defense. But also, not to be forgotten, and Fernie Jennings and as well as Cal Duger, those guys, the young core, especially on defense, 
are going to be the difference makers for this front seven in 2021. I don't think it will be enough to rely on the veterans, as I mentioned, Kyle Van Noy, Dante Hightower, and company. It will, it's not going to be enough. You need the younger guys to step up big time if this defense is going to make a big turnaround. We talked about Stephon Gilmore. I mentioned about Gilmore and his contract because the reality is this. We know that Belichick has a couple of concerns. His age. Is he going to age gracefully? Will he be able to continue to play at a high all-pro level that we are accustomed to seeing him play? And how is he going to fare coming off a torn quad injury that derailed his 2020 season? Those are questions that I think that the Patriots are going to have to ask and wonder, especially at the negotiating table. But let's be honest for a moment, for God's sakes. Gilmore is the best corner that the Patriots have. This is with all due respect to J.C. Jackson. But I don't think that J.C. Jackson is Stephon Gilmore. Will he get there in another year or two? Yeah, sure. But you need him in 2021. There's no getting around it. There's no getting around the importance of Stephon Gilmore to both the defense and especially the secondary in 2021. That remains to be seen. But I also want to talk about I want to talk about um, the, the defense a little bit more before I switch the conversation over to the offensive side because that's not to be forgotten either. The one question I do wonder is this. You look at the secondary, especially during this part two of the Patriots dynasty. There were three names that you're used to hearing whenever you watch Patriot games or listen to the broadcast on the radio. That was Patrick Chung. Deron Herman, and Devin McCourty. Patrick Chung is retired now. Deron Herman is gone. Now, the team transitioned to Kyle Duger and Adrian Phillips. So the question becomes, how does Devin McCourty, Adrian Phillips, and Kyle Duger fit? How will they look in the secondary? And this is where the leadership of Devin McCourty becomes so important. Because McCourty has been there. This is a guy that I wholeheartedly think that when you look at what he's able to do, being able to cover the slot guy, being able to cover the opposing team's number one or number two receiver, I do think that McCourty's experience is going to be huge in terms of showing the younger guys how to play the position and how to do their jobs well in terms of Adrian Phillips and Kyle Duggar, that is. But I do think that the ceiling for Kyle Duger for me is something that I'm going to be absolutely looking out for because I do think that Kyle Duger's sky is a limit. This kid can ball, but you now give him another year, another year of experience, and you're playing with an all-pro like Devin McCourty, there's no telling how good this guy can be in 2021. Now, I want to look at the offensive side of the ball. Before I even get to the quarterback position, before I even do that, because there is a major question that I think that needs to be asked. Receiver. Receiver. 
And one of the questions that is going to be um, asked during training camp is who's going to take a third-year leap at receiver? Jacoby Myers. And we don't know what the value is going to be for Gunnar Olszewski. That's another question that I wonder. Listen, we know that he is a very valuable punt returner. That's a fact. But what's his what is his value as a receiver? Does he have value as a receiver? But Jacoby Myers in a year that was absolutely abysmal for the wide receiving core, he was the lone guy that really played well and I really liked, especially as the season progressed. And Nikhil Harry, listen, the dude's a lost cause. His agent asked for a trade, and I wholeheartedly believe that Nikhil Harry has got nothing to offer to this team at this point. In fact, I don't even think he's really much of a solution rather than he is part of the problem. So that remains to be seen. So also, you got to look at guys like Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Algalore. Those two guys, I wholeheartedly believe, are going to be big welcome signings that the Patriots need and needed to make during the offseason. Algalore, he emerged as a deep threat for the Raiders last season. And he's mostly remembered as being a slot receiver with the Philadelphia Eagles. But I do believe that Nelson Algalore is going to add another dimension to the receiving core, especially with the plays and the passing plays that offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels is going to have drawn out. And I think that it's going to be interesting to see how Kendrick Bourne is going to fit. How much of a fit is he going to be for this Patriots offense that is looking to improve in the passing attack? Speaking of passing attacks... I'll be remiss if I didn't talk about Hunter Henry and John o. Smith. You got two of the best tight ends in football in John o. Smith and Hunter Henry. And I think that they are both going to give the offense a level of competence that they have not had in 2020 at all. But I do wonder how are they going to complement each other. And I think they are going to complement each other quite well. I think even better than the age of when the Patriots had Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski. Hot take central, yes. I do believe that John o. Smith and Hunter Henry are going to complement each other well, better than what we saw when Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski were on the Patriots in the early 2010s. But I also do think it all comes back to the biggest question of them all. And what is that big question? Quarterback. Quarterback. We can't talk about the 2021 New England Patriots without talking about the quarterback. Now, for those who have not followed me on Twitter, you can follow me on Twitter as long as you're not driving at Shukri Wright, at S-H-U-K-R-I-W-R-I-G-H-T-S. You would know that I made a video on Twitter in which that I've talked about Cam Newton. Enough is enough with the videos and stuff like that. Show me what you can do. I, I want 
Cam Newton to succeed. But if Cam Newton struggles in 2021 to start the 2021 season the way that he struggled in the 2020 season, bench him. I genuinely don't understand why is there seemingly an an unwavering loyalty to Cam Newton, especially by Bill Belichick. I, I don't get it. But you can't talk about the quarterback group without talking about Jared Stidham, as well as, let's not forget, the first-round draft pick and Mac Jones out of Alabama. How is he going to um, fare in his first NFL training camp? Keep in mind that they also have Brian Hoyer in the quarterback room as well. He, he, he signed a, um, a one-year deal this past offseason. But the question is, does Stedham or Mac Jones have what it takes to dethrone Newton as the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots? And I think that is going to be a question that everyone is going to be paying close attention to, especially here in Boston, where the criticism of Cam Newton has been well warranted. But in 2021, after Bill Belichick decided to bring back Cam on another one-year deal, the heat is going to be on Bill Belichick. No question. Because if Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots have a similar season like they had last season, if they go 7-10 and and Cam Newton struggles yet again, I don't think it's far-fetched to say that his job security may very well be in question. So Bill Belichick really does have a lot to lose, and one of them is his ego. Yes, he's won six Super Bowl titles, but that was all with Brady. You decided to let Brady walk after the 2019 season. And all Brady has done is go down to Tampa Bay and win the Super Bowl last season. And oh, by the way, he's coming here to New England in arguably the most anticipated regular season matchup of all time, week four, Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the New England Patriots at Gillette Stadium on Sunday Night Football in October on NBC. So Belichick really has a lot more to lose than, again, this season more than just the anticipated week four matchup. It's, it is roster construction. It is the quarterback situation. How did he handle it? Those are just some of the things that Patriot fans should think about heading into the 2021 New England Patriots season. Coming up next, let's talk NHL Bruins. And the big news that broke on Friday regarding Taylor Hall. I'm going to give you my thoughts on it coming up next right here on the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. This is Shukri Wright. You are listening to 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. Touch Free Farm Radio. Streaming nationwide on a TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org.
feel of an encounter with police, MassCan wants you to know your rights. What you say to the police officer is always important. What you say can be used against you, and if you mouth off in any way, it can give them a reason to arrest you. Be respectful. If you're in a car, you must show your driver's license and registration, but in other situations, you cannot be legally arrested for refusing to identify yourself. You don't have to answer an officer's questions. Never consent to any search of yourself, your car, or your house. If you do consent to a search, it will affect your rights later in court. If the cops say they have a search warrant, ask to see it. You should always exercise your right to remain silent. You have the right to have an attorney present during any questioning. Don't interfere with or obstruct the police, because you can get arrested for that. Ask the officer if you're free to leave. Remember, you're a busy person with people to meet and perhaps a job to get to. At MassCan, we think that marijuana should be legal, taxed and regulated just like alcohol and cigarettes. But if you're under the influence of anything, leave the driving to somebody else. For more information, please visit our website at masscan.org. That's M-A-S-S-C-A-N-N dot O-R-G. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I want to be a glass countertop in a new home. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's best birthday present. When I grow up, I want to be a football stadium. When I grow up, I want to be a warm place on a cold day. When I grow up, I want to be a fancy backsplash. I want to be a bike that races around the when country. When I grow up, I want to be a bench on a forest when I trail. Grow up, I want to be a rocking chair on when a I sunny up, porch. I want to be a skyscraper. I want to be a... 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 When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. A public service advertisement brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. This is the sound of a brand new outdoor grill being hurled off a 20-story building. Now a stylish glass coffee table. An electric guitar. These are the things you could enjoy all cast into oblivion. Because when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have bought with it. Visit energysavers.gov and get tips on how to save energy and money. Then do things like switch to Energy Star light bulbs or Energy Star appliances, and you could save hundreds of dollars a year. So this doesn't happen to the recliner you've had your eye on, or this to the treadmill on your wish list, or this to the shiny new bike your kid's been asking for. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Can you tell if the surfaces in this kitchen are crawling with bacteria that could cause chronic arthritis? Listen. Can't, can you? You can't see it either. Wash surfaces, utensils, and hands frequently with soapy water while preparing food especially when handling raw meats or eggs. Raw food may contain bacteria that can make you very sick or worse. 
one in six Americans will get sick from food poisoning this year, and roughly 3,000 will die. But you can keep your family safer by cleaning with soap and water as you go. Learn more about this and other important information. Check your steps at foodsafety.gov. That's foodsafety.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM WMFO and Medford Tusk Reform Radio, streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org, on demand on iHeartRadio. Thank you for tuning into the program this morning. Very happy to be back here with you right here on these areas on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. And during this last segment, I'm going to talk about the, the Bruins in particular because some major news broke this past Friday evening. <laughs> Friday evening was memorable for a lot of reasons for me personally. Um, you know, between going out uh, with friends and um, enjoying, enjoying a really cool event with some folks visiting from Connecticut and whatnot, the news broke that Taylor Hall has signed a four-year contract worth $24 million, $6 million annually against the cap. And I wholeheartedly felt since the end of the Bruins' season that one of their top two or three priorities was to re-sign Taylor Hall. Because we've seen what Taylor Hall has done for this organization, for this team, offensively, since his arrival. And his comments after signing with the Boston Bruins, he explained that after five or six games, he knew that he absolutely wanted to be a Boston Bruin. That my estimation that the Bruins were going to go with in terms of contract, I thought that he was going to get a five-year deal, $30 million, $6 million per year. Four years, $6 million is absolutely outstanding. And Don Sweeney hits another home run as to how on the earth do you continue to get players to take deals that is just slightly below what their value would be on the open market. It's amazing how he does it. And Taylor Hall is another example of that. But here's the other thing I look at as well. And I look at it from this perspective and I say, Taylor Hall has shown that he wanted to be here from day one. He's shown that he wanted to be part of that locker room with the Bergeron, the Marshans, the the Krejci's, the guys that I've won before. And, you know, yet other guys, the younger players that have seamlessly assimilated into the Bruins culture in that locker room. Guys like Charlie McAvoy, David Pasternak, Brandon Carlo. And I wholeheartedly believe that this was the type of move that the Boston Bruins needed to make to solidify their top six. Now, Going into next season, I wholeheartedly believe the Bruins' top six is solidified. As long as that you're able to finalize a deal and find a way and hopefully retain David Krejci, your top six is solidified. Your next 
concern should be solidifying the bottom six and addressing the blue line. There are two names that I believe that the Boston Bruins should absolutely go after. That's Ryan Suter. That's one. And then the other one, I wholeheartedly believe that the Bruins should really take a flyer on is Keith Yandel. I have no problem with the Bruins if they were to go after a guy that is practically Iron Man in this league right now and is still a very effective defenseman. If not Keith Yandel, fine. But I also do believe that you want someone that's going to be able to stay healthy because Brandon Carlo in two consecutive postseasons has not been healthy. And I'm not holding that against him because, after all, the Bruins did give him a contract extension, and rightfully so. But you need health on the blue line if you are going to win the Stanley Cup. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And if anything, I think that a guy like Rusmus Dahlin, maybe a guy like Tyson Berry is someone that the, the Bruins should at least look at and consider. But I do think that if you are the Boston Bruins, that the blue line is absolutely an area that you need to address. Especially the top parent, because Grizzlick, I don't think should be playing alongside Charlie McAvoy. That's just being honest. Now, with that being said, as far as the, the just impact of Taylor Hall signing with the Boston Bruins, for the first time in a long time, as long as Krejci does in fact return, I do believe that the Boston Bruins have a top six group that they haven't had since, I would say, between the eras of 2010 to 2014. Between those years, it's been a while. And if you're the Boston Bruins, if you're a Bruins fan, you should still be doing backflips as of this morning. But let's turn to the other area of need, bottom six. Where do the Bruins go from here? Players that they should at least consider looking at to add to the bottom four, the bottom six. Because the reality is the Bruins, they cannot just win the cup on just two lines. I absolutely just think that it is absolutely foolish if you are the Boston Bruins and you decide that what we have is enough. It's not. It absolutely is not. But there is a player that I think it will be worth looking at in terms of adding scoring. And unfortunately, Connor Garland is not an option because he was involved in a package deal alongside with Oliver ekman Larson to Vancouver this, this past Friday. So he's off the board. But I will say that a guy like Alex Goligowski, a guy that has played 20-plus minutes per game and has tallied 19 or more assists in 11 consecutive seasons, that's a guy that I would absolutely say, hey, third-parent defenseman, absolutely. And I think that he would be a strong third-parent option for a team that has Stanley Cup aspirations, a.k.a. the Boston Bruins.
What about David Savard? Maybe he's a second pairing guy. Either either him or Mikael Granlund. A left wing centerman. A guy that can play either position. You put him on that third line. You have him play with Charlie Coyle. That could do you wonders. I really believe that. But what I also do think is this. Uh, This one guy, I don't know why he came to my mind as we're talking about this. But you talk about a player like Paul Stastny's Steicher, for example. Yes, he's older. He's in the later stage of his career. But this is a guy that has proven throughout his entire career he could put the puck in the back of the net. It can give you scoring depth. And I think that the Bruins should at least give that player at least some sort of consideration. And that's just an, an example of just some of the guys that the Bruins should look at. Not saying that they got to go out and sign all of them. No. But what I do think is that for a team that needs all four lines, you need scoring from all four lines, and that they need help badly on the blue line, those are players that I think the Bruins should absolutely look at and say, hey, you know what? I think that he would be a big help. Those are just some names that I think the Bruins should really look at And also, and last point I want to make in concluding this thought here, if you are the Bruins at this point in juncture, you acknowledge that this core has maybe one year left, two years max, to win another cup for this group, you got to be aggressive. And I think that the time is now for Don Sweeney. I think he did a really good job drafting um, this this past weekend. When you go back and you look at some of the guys that they've drafted, I really like the Fabian Lysel draft pick big time, and as well as as well as um, there's, there's another defenseman that they drafted as well. Uh, there it is, Ty Gallagher. I thought that was a really good um, draft pick as well, as they are getting back to adding size and the size that they have absolutely lost and lacked thereof. In recent years, whether they lost them via um, retirement or through free agency, but they needed to get back to drafting players that have size and that, that they can fill out you know, their bodies and so forth. And with that being said, I want to start my favorite segment of this program, and it's called Final Thoughts. And it's brought to you by yours truly, Sugar Rights of 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford. It's been a long time since I've done this, but I'm excited. As we head towards fall, and we are about to hit the month of August, I think that we are entering a very fascinating time in Boston sports. No question in my mind about that. I mean, think about this sincerely. The Patriots. This is going to be the most important year in the Bill Belichick era since this whole run began back in 2000 without question the question marks that surround this team especially at the quarterback position and you talk about the Red Sox this team at the beginning of the season going back to spring training no one really thought that this team was going to turn into the contenders that they are and let's face it they are World Series contenders with the likes of the Tampa Bay Rays And yes, there's only one other team in baseball that is even more of a bigger story than the Boston Red Sox. 
That's the San Francisco Giants. And if you don't agree with me, you really haven't been paying a lot of attention. And with that being said, also, you have the Bruins. What would this new roster look like going into the new season? The signing of Taylor Hall. Will, will they, in fact, be able to keep David Krejci? Will Krejci return? And then also the goaltending position, the questions. Tukaraz is going to be out till February, the earliest. What will they do? Is Jeremy Swayman going to get the opportunity to start? Or is he going to be sent down to the AHL to play for the Providence Bruins? What are they going to do to address the goaltending position? Are they going to go out and sign a goaltender? And I think that's a question that I wholeheartedly believe is something that the Bruins are going to have to figure out soon. And lastly, the Boston Celtics. How would the Celtics do with their first-year head coach, Ime Oduke? What would the Celtics do in terms of moves during free agency? We're just about halfway through the summer. But I'm telling you, as August is truly upon our doorsteps, how could you not be excited by the possibilities of what's to come this fall? The Patriots, the training camp starts today. The Bruins, the Red Sox. Can this team make a serious run for the World Series this October? And then as we talked about the Bruins and as well as the Celtics, it's going to be a lot of fun this fall if you're a Boston sports fan. And I sincerely cannot wait to be here with you for the ride it's going to be one hell of a ride i can tell you that right now honestly and i don't think it's a crazy stretch to even say that don't be surprised if the red sox find a way to win the world series this october with the way that this year has gone 32 comfort behind wins and the way that they came back on sunday against the yankees i have a pretty good hunch about this team I don't think it should shock anybody anymore how good this team is. Well, they've been playing well above their heads. Sometimes it happens in baseball. And this year, this year's Red Sox team has proven that they are more than capable and more than ready for the challenge. And Alex Cora's importance to this team, into this organization and franchise and its fan base cannot be overstated. In terms of how important he is to the Boston Red Sox. And the reason why they are in the position that they are in here in 2021. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Shukri Wright Show. On 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. Catch me every Wednesday mornings from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Right here in the station. Shukri Wright signing off. You're listening to 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford.